So why do you think it's important for organizations or different companies of that nature to just have conversations, like tough conversations, just about, you know, racial inequities inside the workplace or just having these conversations that allow people of color to feel comfortable in the space? Why do you think it's important? And I'm going to challenge you to, because I know you could go off on this tangent. Give me two sentences. It's important because whether you're talking about it or not, like microaggressions and discrimination and all that is happening in your workplace. Just because you're well-intentioned does not mean that it's not happening. Hey guys, and we are back with another episode of The Future Starts Here, Say As Buffalo podcast. Today we are here with Stephanie Pete. Stephanie has been here for about, what, eight and a half years. She started as an FSS, then she was a part of the internship and career pathway. She's an outreach coordinator. I think I'm saying that right. Nope. Oh, nope. Am I saying that right? <laughs> All right. It was a long title. It was a long title. Yeah. She got some long titles. <laughs> and, uh, and then she got into the, the apprenticeship work. And and now she's at the top as 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 the director of workforce development. Yeah. Stephanie, how are you doing today? I am great. How are you? I got a lot done this morning, so that's always a good day for me. I'm doing good. She said she got a lot done. She said she got a lot done because this is Mrs. Do It All, I promise you. I just ran down all the titles for you guys, but this is Mrs. Do It All. She is a director here, but she also co-owns a bookstore called Second Chapter Bookstore. It's online, and she also does many other events throughout the community, so you guys make sure you check it out. So, Stephanie, talk about the transitions that you've had throughout the few years being here at SAS. Yeah, so I came in as a family support specialist um, doing case um, child welfare and case management in the schools. Um, did that for a few years, and then at one of our town halls, Dave was talking about we're going to be doing some um, internship work. And like a year out, there's going to be some new roles created. I was just like, yes, I want to do that. <laughs> so I eventually did apply um, and became one of the supervisors for the program working on the employer relationship. So going like a complete 180 from working with like families mm-hmm. in their home and in the schools to being like completely business facing. So it was a, it was a, a weird transition, but I actually mm-hmm. love this space. So I'm glad it happened. Yeah, and I can tell you love it. You're, you, you've thrived throughout the years. I was like, when you said you were at FSS, I was like, how did you start yeah. <laughs> off as an FSS and then get all the way to where you are now? But I think that we can just attest to that's just how the Say Yes culture mm-hmm. is. Like, you may start somewhere at Say Yes, but then you end up somewhere where you didn't even see yourself yep. at a few years ago. Absolutely. And I think that's amazing because you just have a lot of people that you can lean on for support and learn things from. Mm-hmm. So talk about, you know, I'm jealous every time I hear you say it. You say Dave is your mentor. How do you get Dave? as your mentor well I, so we had um you know the leadership one-on-one program that uh colin um runs now there was a first edition of it mm-hmm. uh pre-pandemic was it pre-pandemic yeah pre-pandemic um and we were the first cohort to go through it and in that program you got to select um a senior staff member as a mentor so mm-hmm. you got to pay I think, like your first two or maybe your top three so I put Dave at the top of mine I figured everybody else would also pick him I was like I don't know if I'll get him I'm gonna pick Dave and nobody else picked him so I got Dave so that's how it happened um so I worked with him monthly um and learned a lot he put me um you know in connection with a lot of people to help me grow and like really challenged me you know he has really high expectations so 
yeah, that's how it happened. <laughs> we'll talk a little bit more about that relationship that you guys have. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's amazing. Like, for the CEO of organization to be a mentor mm-hmm. of, like, a director. You know, you don't see that too often in other workspaces. Yeah. So, like, what is that like? I mean, I think early on I kind of spoke out spoke out about the things I wanted to do um, at SAS, not just with Dave, but with other people. And like you mentioned before, the culture here is very much if you are ambitious and you have interest in other things, there's opportunities to test things out, like work on other projects. I know you work on every a little bit of everything. So, <laughs> so if you yeah. have an interest and, you know, you, you want to grow, there's opportunity to do so. So, um, you know, that I mean, Dave and I, uh, because of working, you know, in the business facing um, space, um, I leaned a lot on Dave transitioning into that role and then having, you know, to work on certain projects with him. And now he's my direct supervisor. Um, I report to him now. Um, so, so, yeah. Full circle. Yeah, full circle. Full circle. <laughs> so, you know. So I called you Mrs. Do It All because you you do everything. I don't. You do. I, I'm learning that I can't. Yeah, I'm learning that too. You do you do it all. So I also have another nickname for you. So mm-hmm. it's it's Mrs. Shifting Narrative of people of color in yeah. workspaces. You know. So how does that align with the position that you have now? What's some things that you've been working on or have been thinking about? If you could talk about mm-hmm. it, um, what's some things that you've been working on lately that you can like kind of you know intertwine those things? Yeah. So it started off really with our internship work you know we came into that space Johan and I thinking that the bulk of the work would be on the student side you know mm-hmm. helping them you know with the soft skills which I really hate that term um <laughs> helping them transition into professional workspaces and all those things um but we realized that there's just so much work on the employer side you know mm-hmm. Buffalo is really segregated um a study released a few years ago by the partnership for the public good said that like 91.8 percent of the private sector workforce was white at the time mm-hmm. Haven't seen any data since then, so I'm not sure if it has changed much. Probably hasn't. But there was just a really um, big opportunity for us to come into the space with our employers to say, here are some best practices for working with young people of color and to really help them in their journey. Because they're all, you know, either starting out or maybe they're more advanced, but every organization is different. So we take on that responsibility of holding those conversations and providing um, professional development in real time to help with our students. And that has grown to like an official body of people. We call it our employer think tank. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, it started off with Say Yes um, during the pandemic, and we held four virtual um, offerings to really help employers um, with best practices for working with our kids. So we did one with, like, creating equity from the C-suite, and that was with Dave and John Summers from Harmac. Mm-hmm. We did one with BMOC. So that was about um, specifically um, engaging and supporting young men of color in the workplace, mm-hmm. We did one on moving from ally to advocate, and that was with um, Joyelle Hackett from the VA. It was amazing. Um, and then our last one was connecting students of color to corporate internships. And that was we had a, a high road, a Cornell High Road fellow that summer, um, Libby, who did a really amazing um, report. And so we did a, um, an offering on that. Now that's grown to um, an initiative that we do, um, we work with other organizations, so like Invest Buffalo Niagara, um, BCAT, um, Tech Buffalo. We have folks um, in Narden on our planning team, and now we hold these things in person, um, and it's supported through the Oshai Foundation. So, yeah, <laughs> so it turned into like a passion. We did it with no budget, no nothing. We're just like, we're going to wow. just do these, and now we actually have like funding and a body of people to help us carry the work, and it has grown. We're doing another one on July 27th at Seneca One, so really well, sure exciting. You guys go. 
It's invite only though. So. Oh wow! Yeah. Sorry. Okay, never mind. <laughs> that, one's that one's exclusive. We have a strategy behind that one. Can, but, I, get a, uh, can I get an invite? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like you know, you kind of in this work, I found like new passions, and that's, mm-hmm. I think that's like the best part of it. Like you come into it thinking you're going to be doing this type of work, or you come into it because you want you know you want to do what the job description says, so mm-hmm. to speak. But then when you start doing the work, you find out like, all oh, like all these other pieces too, and you're able to like build that into your role. So why do you think it's important for organizations or different companies of that nature to just have conversations, like tough conversations, just about, you know, racial inequities inside the workplace or just having these conversations that allow people of color to feel comfortable in the space? Why do you think yeah. it's important? And I'm going to challenge you to, because I know you could go off on this yeah. on a tangent. <laughs> Give me two sentences. It's important because whether you're talking about it or not, like microaggressions and discrimination and all that is happening in your workplace. Just because you're well-intentioned does not mean that it's not happening. Mm-hmm. There it is. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to say anything. Yeah. I thought she was going to say more. <laughs> so you got to narrow down. Yeah. Now. So, you know, you go and you know what you're saying. So at these um, these events and these 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 talks, um, you know, what are some things that, you, that you've taken away? Um, I will say the things that I've been taking away from these, um, it's hard to really narrow that down. One, that they need to keep happening um, and that – Two, for organizations, my biggest recommendation for them would be if you're coming to an event like this, put something into practice before you come to another one. I think a lot of times folks will just keep coming to these, um, you know, these events and it sounds good. But if you're not going to operationalize what you're learning, then the learning is lost. Um, so, yeah, I love hosting these spaces, but I also like attending other people's um, opportunities to, like, dig deeper into equity because no matter where you're standing, like, your perspective is always going to be um, mm-hmm. limited. So I have a question. This mm-hmm. is my, probably my last, second to last question. Okay. Um, you know, I was just so excited to have this interview with you. <laughs> like, you know, we don't get to talk yeah, much because, no. you know, you're always busy. <laughs> so what is the most difficult part about being a woman in leadership for you? Like, you do so much. Like, what is the most difficult part? I feel like a lot of people, like, expect us to either fail or expect us to just do too much or we can't handle it or they expect to just not be able to handle what we do. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, where do you find the balance and just, like, how do you do it? So when I first started um, as an internship supervisor, and I would talk to Dave about this. I was always, like, the youngest in the room, usually the only woman, and almost always the only black woman. And I would get a lot of, like, uh, support and, like, praise from Say mm-hmm. Yes. But in those spaces where I am not with my Say Yes colleagues, I would internalize the idea that I wasn't supposed to be there because I wasn't. I didn't feel reflected in the people who were in the room. Well, I'm feeling that right now. So yeah. So you have to, but you have to understand like that. You have to like not internalize it. You mm-hmm. have to like just like I'm just here, and this is why I'm here <laughs> because there's no one that looks like me. So this is why I'm supposed to be here. But like really developing a core group of people who you can vent to and who can support you is mm-hmm. so crucial. I tell everybody like you can go to professional development programs and all that, and honestly. I've done most of them. <laughs> what you really need to do, you need to get plugged into the right group of people you already mm-hmm. are um, yeah. who can really, like, give you perspective, mm-hmm. give you suggestions, and, like, hold you up. Because it, it if you're isolated trying to do this work, you're not going to last. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
there's it's difficult being in those spaces so yeah. i definitely see what you mean yeah. but i'm happy that you know i have people like you to you mm-hmm. know come and talk to and just 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 like you know get advice from because it yeah. is difficult yeah being in those spaces and being so young it's like oh my gosh like i'm yeah. not supposed to be here no you're like, supposed even, to be there and your yeah. perspective is, is is needed yeah like even for example for me like i i was um you know i was a black achiever recently mm-hmm. you know for the for the 50th annual year and and um i feel out of place I felt a place. I was like, why am I here? Um, and honestly, at that time, I don't even know if I can say this on this, but, you know, I mean, you can cut, you can cut it out if I can't. <laughs> but <laughs> at that time, you know, actually, so I was in the back with the other honorees, and mm-hmm. somebody actually thought I was a guest. And I think that actually, like, made me feel even more insecure mm-hmm. because I'm like, okay, like I already feel like I shouldn't be back here. But yeah. the fact that somebody was like, oh, you have to go out there. I think actually, I think it was Jamila was like, oh no, she's an honoree. Because I was like, did they just think well, I Well, I mean, success looks a certain way for a lot of people, especially in Buffalo. I feel like, you can cut this out if you don't want it to be <laughs> in here. But like, especially in Buffalo, like for black people, there's like, mm-hmm. Historically, it's only been like a few who are able to break through, and I feel like mm-hmm. now there's a lot more of us who are in these yeah. spaces, like making things happen. Mm-hmm. So the landscape looks different. But mm-hmm. I know coming up, being like your age, you know, being in my early twenties, it was like there were only a few, yeah, who were allowed to like be at these tables. But now we're kind of like kicking the doors in, mm-hmm. so it looks different. Yeah, it's a good thing. Yeah, it is. I was I was excited to be there, but I just you know it's always that imposter syndrome that you feel. It's like you know oh like you you're young like you know you shouldn't be here. It's like everybody else is talking about what they have done, and I'm like dang. Like. So I have taken <laughs> imposter syndrome out of my vocabulary. It's, I now subscribe to imposter treatment. We're treated like imposters, mm-hmm. which then we internalize. So mm-hmm. it's not something that you're developing within yourself. You're just responding to how you've been treated mm-hmm. from certain circles. Wow, I didn't think about it like that. Yeah, I don't know. I saw somewhere on LinkedIn, so now it's stuck. <laughs> well, thank you, LinkedIn. <laughs> well, I don't keep you for too long. So, is there anything that you want to talk about that I didn't ask you about today? No, I think this was good. It was short and sweet. Yeah, sure. We got and to sweet. the got to the good parts. Yes, we did. So, thank you for coming here and you know doing this interview. I really enjoyed this conversation. We got to talk after this. Yeah, There's so much I have to say now that you talked about it. And I mean, you start using imposter treatment. Yeah, you know, you guys start using imposter treatment yeah. instead of imposter syndrome. It's how yeah. people are portraying us. It's now we portray ourselves. Right. Um. So you know, you can follow us on Facebook at Say Yes Buffalo or on Instagram at Say Yes Buffalo or go to our website at sayyesbuffalo.org. So see you next time.